Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. everybody and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Entrepreneurs Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan, your show host, and I'm also the Business Development Manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I want to welcome you to today's show. Today's topic is why an effective branding strategy is really the lifeblood of business success. Now, our expert today is an award-winning author, a keynote speaker, and he's also one of the world's leading brand strategists. And he's going to share with us what it really takes to make your product or your service a winner in this ever-so-changing digital digital world that we're living in, right? So we're going to hear from him in just a minute. He has written three amazing, four amazing books, and we're going to talk about a few of his books, his insights, and we're going to learn more on how to make your product or service really a winner in, in this new digital world that we are all navigating. Now, before I introduce our guest, if you're new to our show, I want to welcome you, and I do want to take a moment to introduce Engage to you. If you haven't heard of Engage, Engage is a cloud-based software platform that gives businesses like yours the opportunity to grow and scale with over 35 free forever tools. Now, our tools are geared to help you optimize your customer experience. And I know our guest will agree, and um, I'm sure he'll be nodding his head in a minute when I say that in today's world, it's not about you, it's about them right? And our tools help you optimize your customer experience, personalize your engagement. Uh, the tools are there to also help you communicate with your customers where they are, which is important in our ever-changing digital world, right? If your customers are on Instagram, that's where you want to communicate with them, right? If they're on Facebook, that's where you want to communicate with them. And our tools can help you do that more efficiently with one inbox that allows all your messages from all the platforms to come to one place. So check out our free forever tools at engage.com after our show. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'll spell that out for you, N-G-A-G-G-E.com. All right, let's dive into today's show. And I want to introduce you to today's special guest. He is joining us from sunny, warm, beautiful Miami, Florida, and he's back off uh, a few speaking engagements and also, as we'll learn, he's quite the musician. Welcome, Bruce Turkle. Now, if you don't know who Bruce is, you need to. Bruce has helped create some of the world's most compelling brands, so he's the perfect expert today to share all of his insights on brand strategy. I'm sure you've heard of a few of these brands that Bruce has helped work on and, and help really create brands like Hasbro, 
fun story. I was actually in a, a group of kids back when I was a kid to do like testing, like uh, one of those like engagement tests where they bring all the kids, they give them the toys and they see what they like. Hasbro actually brought me in on one of those fun little uh, group things as a kid. So Hasbro, I'm very familiar with. Nike, American Express, Charles Schwab, the list really goes on. Maybe you've heard of Citicorp, Discovery Networks, Bacardi. <clears throat> big fan. Also HBO Latin America. So many different brands are on uh, Bruce's resume. So we're excited to have him. And Thanks. if you don't know who Bruce is, I'm going to keep going, Bruce. Uh, he's he's very familiar in the TV world and has been working with brands for more than 25 years and has been a frequent guest expert on the national news. He's also appeared regularly on CNN International, MSNBC and NPR. He's been featured in the New York Times, Fast Company, Communication Arts, Adweek, and also Speaker Magazines. And he's also, as I mentioned, just back off a speaking engagement. His resume for speaking engagements, MIT, Harvard, TEDx, hundreds of corporate and industry conferences around the world. And in 2017, the National Speakers Association inducted Bruce into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Quite impressive. And if that didn't impress you enough, He's got quite the catalog of authored books, and we'll share his books at the end of our show. You can find them on Amazon. Also, uh, I think the, one of the most recent, also available at Target. And he's also a harmonica player. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. Don't forget that today's talk with Bruce is interactive and we are global. So drop us a note in the comment section. Let us know where you're joining from today. And if you have any questions or comments for Bruce throughout our talk, leave them in the comment section and I'll be sure to have them answered for you live from Bruce during today's show. Bruce, quite the impressive resume. I'm excited you're here. You're also a musician. I'm such a big music fan. You are really our expert on branding, so welcome to today's show, and thank you for making time for us. Thank you, Marissa. That was, that was wonderful. Um, you know, I usually, when people read my the resume or those things, it's always like, oh, shucks, oh, stop. But the way you did it was fabulous. I only wish my wife and my mother were both listening, <laughs> because that was great. I'd like to hire you to do intros for me, please. Well, let me share with you and all of the guests who are joining us on LinkedIn Live and maybe on YouTube, Facebook, that the good thing is the show is available for replay on the Engage Live Show Library. So you can check that out after the show. Or if you're listening to us, obviously on the podcast or through a replay, you found us um, on the podcast feed as well. So you can replay this for your mom and for Thank your you. wife if they ever need a reminder of how fabulous you are. Thank you. Well, really quick, Bruce, you've authored several books. You really are a brand strategy expert. Would you mind just giving us a little uh, peek into how you got into that world? Sure. I'd be delighted. I um, studied art and design in college, went into the advertising design firm and advertising agency business up in New York, because that's what I thought you're supposed to do. Decided I really rather live in back in Miami. I lived in Miami Beach at the time. That's where I grew up. Then in New York. So I moved back and I worked at a few different agencies. And at each one, I thought, I can do this. I'm coming up with the ideas. I'm designing the stuff. I can do this. So I started my own business. Now, it wasn't true. I couldn't actually do it. It's what my father later called the confidence of ignorance. Um, but I didn't know better, so I went out and did it. I think we, we all tend to do a lot of things that way. But I grew the business, and over, over the years, we brought in some good clients. We did some great work. And one thing occurred to me over and over and over is that clients would come to us 
uh, to build, to create ads for them at the time to do brochures, eventually to do websites, all those different things. But they, a lot of them did not have a firm understanding of who they were or why they mattered. They were too busy doing whatever it is they did, manufacturing their products, creating their services, making their offerings, running their businesses. But you mentioned a list of some of the companies that we worked with and those companies, companies like Discovery Channel, companies like Bacardi, they knew exactly who they were and why they mattered. There was no question in their minds. And when I say them, that's a lot of people, right? From the CEO all the way down, but they all got it. Now, any of you who are in business, I would be willing to bet that if you walk around and you interview each one of the people who report to you and you say, what do we do? What do we stand for? Why do we matter? They can't give you a consistent answer. And I don't mean consistent being a tagline or a particular word. I like people to interpret things the way they see fit, but they don't even understand. And it's not their fault. It tends to be the fault of whoever's leading the company. So getting that, we decided, my partner and I, to completely re reconfigure our business. And we were going to become a brand management firm. We were going to help companies, help destinations. We did lots of work in tourism. We were going to help them reconfigure, not what they did, not how they did it, but how it was perceived. So for example, Miami, Miami tourism was a client of ours and Miami sold itself for years and years as the sun and fun capital of the world. But that was before airplane travel became ubiquitous. Once you get on an airplane, you're in Minnesota, it's going to be really cold there soon. You're going to want to go somewhere warm. Guess what? You can go anywhere because when the plane takes off, you don't control it. You're not the pilot. And wherever it lands, Ibiza, Mexico, Cancun, Miami, Tampa, Bahamas, you're going to have a warm weather experience. Miami was no longer competitive as a warm weather destination. So we had to look to figure out what could we do to change that perception. Needless to say, every hotel's owned by a different person, every restaurant's owned by a different person. We couldn't change the product, but we could change the perception. And because of that, my eyes opened and I really started to research and learn about and understand brand building, what Mm -hmm. brands were all about. That's why I wrote the books. That's why I did the speaking. But I know that's a much longer story than you expected probably, but that's where it came from. Well, and I think you just brought up and touched on a very important point. A big part of branding and brand message is the customer, their perception, right? It's their need, their perception, because as you just mentioned too, in any company, um, really the messaging, the brand, it all starts at the top and it works its way down. And if the CEO and, and the managers and the and the marketing directors aren't, aren't asking about them, meaning not them, but the customer and learning what the customer needs and wants, then all the way down to the very bottom, the salespeople or the um, ad creators, whatever, like that whole um, kind of backwards, kind of wrong way to do things as we're learning, kind of just it spirals downhill and everybody's mm-hmm. got the me mentality instead of the them need customer perception mentality, right? Well, that's exactly right. And so many of us focus on what we do, what we studied, what we learned, what we're good at. And it makes sense because we spend all our time as as entrepreneurs or employees or 
leaders in the company. We spend all our time on output, on getting things right. Mm -hmm. But we forget that none of that matters if in fact our consumer, and more importantly, our potential consumer doesn't understand not what we do, not who we are, but why we matter to them. We need to look at our brands. We need to look at our products and our services and our delivery through the eyes of the people we want to do business with. Right. Well, for everybody watching, I want to welcome you again to today's show. I'm excited you're here. If you have any questions about branding, brand strategy, Bruce's books, which we'll go over in just a little bit, feel free to drop any of those questions in the comment section, and I'm happy to bubble those up. And if you are listening to our Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence show podcast or show replay, you can also, for the replay anyway, not the podcast, but for the show replay, you can still leave comments in the comment section or questions. We'll get them emailed to us and we can still forward them to Bruce. So for those of you watching, and I'll read through this for those of you listening on our podcast replay, this is a look at a few of the things we're going to talk about for today's show. So again, effective branding strategy being the lifeblood of business success. So one of, one of the important things, I think, because we do focus on digital marketing, Bruce, and I'm glad we're going to talk about this is talking about the effects of technology changing, right? And how that has affected social media platforms and how that has impacted different companies and brands creating a successful branding strategy. So we're going to talk a little bit about the technology side of things. We're also going to talk about why customers choose your products or services, like why that should be key in developing your branding strategy. I love this. We're going to talk about storytelling, evoking emotion, and how that can play an important part of creating your brand awareness. And we'll we'll kind of dive into B2B versus B2C, you know, how that is different for either or. And then we'll learn how Bruce defines a successful brand. And this is exciting and interests me a lot because I know, Bruce, you have worked with a lot of really big brands. And I'm sure you're proud of that. And I'm sure some of those brands, you you feel very like, you know, like a proud parent, you know, because you've really helped them become who we know them to be today. So I'm interested to see how you defined to sure. define successful brand. So, well, let's start our talk, Bruce, by talking a little bit about, you know, the concept um, that you came up with in, in your books. And your most recent book is Building Brand Value. Wait, well, that is not your all. Which one's your recent book? Is all about them? Is that your recent? No, actually, the most recent is, is that all there is. But the ones we want to talk about today are Building Brand Value and All About Them. Okay, I'll actually pop this up for everybody. So three, but Bruce has written four books. Three of them that we're kind of showcasing today is All About Them, Building Brand Value, and... What was the last one? Is, is that, that all there is? Is that see, all there the, is? The problem with that cover is it's designed to be looked at like this. Gotcha. Um, which doesn't make sense when you just see it that way. But that's why, because I want people to pick it up and go, what the heck is this? What and is then, this? Right. Why, what is this? It. That's so appropriate. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about the ideas in your books um, and how they relate, obviously, to this idea of the branding strategy. What would you like to share on that topic? Well, it's interesting because on the on the screen you put up, you talked about digital strategy and how this changes in the digital marketplace. And mm -hmm. the fascinating thing to understand is that on the one hand, it changes drastically, right? Because we have all these new tools and these new ways of doing things. On the other hand, it doesn't change at all because you're still dealing with consumers and most consumers do not think about how they digest 
information. We do as marketers. We talk about it being out of home if it's a billboard, or we talk about it being online. We talk about above the line, below the line. We have all of this jargon that you and I can discuss marketing and we get it. But consumers don't know that. It's why those surveys of how did you hear about us don't mm. usually work because unless they say, I saw an ad on Friday night on television on this channel, they say, oh, I don't know. I hear about you I'm everywhere. Well, that's not true. But consumers do not think the way we do. So um, digital marketing has changed everything. And at the same time, ironically, it's changed nothing. So people come to me all the time and they'll say, hey, you know, there's all these different um these different social media outlets, there's Instagram and there's LinkedIn and there's, there's Facebook. And now there's, there's um, all this new ones that are coming out. And how do I know which one I should be on and which one should I be on? And you know, the, the answer where everything has changed is, well, you should be on all of them because, or all of them that your audiences use. But my answer is always the same. You don't need social media. You need a strategy because if you don't know who you are, what you stand for, why you matter, what difference does it make? How many different social media outlets you put confusing messages on? In fact, it's probably detrimental to your business and to your brand to be doing that. You need to have a powerful, compelling and consistent way of saying, here's who we are. Here's why we matter. And then the overlay that in my mind matters more than anything is here's why we matter to you so that the consumer potential consumer looking at the messaging again they're not thinking oh they're trying to sell me something i need to go do this they're thinking hmm yeah that'll solve my problem that'll help me make more money make a better dinner make my wife love me more take care of my children whatever their issues are and that's the huge difference. Social media means that the messaging has now become ubiquitous. We can reach anyone, anytime for very low cost, and we can do it ourselves. But the bigger question is, what are we going to say? So my takeaway here then, and, and you stated it at the beginning, is that Things are very much different in the sense that we have different tools, right? Yes. Um, and different in the sense that now we have access almost to everyone and we have almost easier access to maybe our target demographic, especially through all these great analytical tools. However, that uh, doesn't change the fact that you do truly need to have the strategy before you even go to market or go to any of these places, which was always the case in the past, whether you chose a billboard or, or a print ad. Okay, so let me ask you this then, because for me, I think branding, I think digital marketing is, is definitely my forte. So branding strategy is something that's more new to me in general. Where does someone start then in terms of well, I get I, I want to say creating their brand strategy, but I guess it really just starts with that simple question of what is my customer need, right? Or or what is the where do we start then, I guess, when it comes to Well, I mean, the, I know the, that's a really overly probably complicated question, but the simple self-serving answer is you start by reading my books and they'll tell you. But um the, one of the books you showed, Building Brand Value, actually goes through the seven steps, very simple steps that you need to do to build a brand. I can tell 
our, our viewers right now what they are. And you can Great. actually do this yourself. Um, because what I did was when, when I made this transition from simply doing design and advertising to figuring out branding and brand strategy, one of the important things was to understand what does it take to build a brand? Nobody would tell you. If you used to ask, someone would say a brand was a logo. Someone would say it's a trademark. Someone would say, oh, it's what people think about you or it's what people feel about you. Everyone had their own definition. So what we did was we looked at hundreds of successful brands and we looked for patterns and we looked for reproducible ideas that they were using. Patterns meaning conceptual patterns. All the facts are different, right? Because one is a bakery and one is a car dealer and one is a, a physician's office. So the facts are different, but the universal truths are the same. What are they doing that builds brands? And we came up with seven points. Um, okay. And then I tested this over the years. And you talked about the universities that I've spoken at. I would always ask the marketing professors, hey, tell me if there's something I'm missing. What else is there? So I was able to sort of field test it as well. And as I said, there's only seven and each one only has three words. So it's really not that much to either write down or remember. And I'm happy to send documentation. And of course, it's on my website so people can. Yeah. And we'll share Bruce's website at the end of the show as well with his books, which are available on Amazon, um, Target as well. I'm excited. Well, I want to hear about these seven steps because from what I'm hearing, it's almost like the building of a business looks different for every business, right? The outside of the building, the colors, the where, where the windows are, the, where the door is, maybe the billboard on the building, but the scaffolding under the building for every company, for every brand is really the same seven pieces, right? That's right. And when we get to, you put storytelling on our, on our outline, when we get to storytelling, you'll see more of this and how this works. So here's the seven, and I'll just give them to you quite quickly, but, but the first one, it was so important that I wrote a book just about this one is all about them. Your brand strategy, your brand messaging should not be a blind date. Oh, well, then I went here. Well, then I did this. Well, then I went to school there. Well, then I moved here because nobody cares. Remember I said at the beginning, boy, I wish my wife and my mother could hear you doing this introduction. But the truth is nobody really cares. My guess is they didn't even care that much. Uh, what they care about is how I make them feel, how we interact, all about them. Stop talking about yourself. Start talking about how you make your audience's lives better. Point just, to, just to chime in, that makes total sense. And we've heard it a million times, but I liked your blind date analogy. Because if you think about a blind date and going on one, at the end, it's not even about that person. It's about how that person made you feel. Of course. And I go you know a step I mean? further. How that person made you feel about yourself. The thing to remember is great brands make you feel good. I'm sorry. Good brands. Good brands make you feel good. But great brands make you feel good about yourself. Mm, I like that. If That's a good can, mantra in general. Yeah, for us, absolutely. I think, as humans, and when we look in the mirror, it's are we putting out there things that make us feel good about ourselves? Because that's our brand, especially for those of you out there that are consultants or coaches, right? This is interesting. Okay. Well, and, and when you were telling me about what your company does, that's a perfect example. You make me feel good about myself because there's so much I'm not, I don't know how to do. And I love when you used actionable, the word actionable. You give me actionable tools, tips, and techniques that I can put to work. 
it doesn't matter if I'm a baker, a, a candlestick maker, a physician, the facts are different, but the truths are the same. I want to improve my business. I don't know how to do these things. And then you come along, Engage comes along and says, look, here's ways you can do it. You can be better at what you do. You don't improve the way I write or the way I speak or the consulting work I do for my client. You improve the environment within which I do it. And that makes me better, which makes me feel better about what I do, which makes me feel better about myself. Good brands make you feel good, but great brands make you feel good about yourself. Bruce? I think we may have to hire you at Engage because from what I just gathered, you're saying Engage is a great brand because we help businesses and business owners and entrepreneurs and startups and people who can't do everything understand that there's tools out there to help them do it. And then that makes them feel good about what they're doing and makes them feel good about building their brand. They have us as a kind of a teammate. Right? Well, help them. you have the underpinnings. I have to see how well you say that. But mm. yes, that's... That's exactly right. By the way, that's called job security for people like me, right? But we'll get to that. We'll get to, that, we'll get well. to that. Okay. So first we're talking about, it's all about them. It's not about you. Good brands are, are make people, wait, good brands make you feel good, but great brands make you feel good about yourself. I like exactly. that. Stuff. So point one is all about them. Point two, three words, once again, hearts, then minds, hearts, then minds. It means we need to make an emotional connection with our consumers before we make an intellectual connection. Now that sounds obvious, but most people, most companies, most professionals do not do that. We make an intellectual connection first. We talk about facts and figures. We talk about how many offices we have, how many locations we have, how many employees we have, what our pricing strategy is, what degrees we have, what certificates we have, se habla espanol, whatever it is, we make those intellectual connections. Those are called RTBs, reasons to believe. You should hire us because we've been in business 47 years. We are the, the, the city's leading professionals. We, hire, we do all this. But the point is, I don't care about any of those things until I'm interested in doing business with you. And I'm not interested in doing business with you until I understand what's in it for me. So my recommendation is you make an emotional connection with your consumer. Then you can follow up with the RTBs because they matter once I'm interested. But stop leading with what, that's back to that blind date analogy. You know, oh, well then I, and I have these cars and I own these homes and I look at the watch I'm wearing. and All of that might matter, but it doesn't matter up front. What matters is this, the relationship. What matters is the emotional connection. I'll give you an example. Sadly, um, those of you who are listening to the, to the podcast aren't going to be able to see this, but I can describe what I'm doing. Right now, to anyone in the audience who's watching, I'm looking you in the eye, right? And that establishes connection. We know that. We know that you like to talk to people who look you in the eye. The reason it looks like I'm looking you in the eye is because I'm looking into my camera because I know that's what you're seeing. But the thing is, if I'm looking into my camera, I'm not actually looking at you with you in the eye, Marissa. You're down below on my screen. Now I'm uh -huh. actually looking you in the eye and right. I'm seeing the pumpkin sweater you have on and how beautiful your hair looks and your smile and all of that, right? But I'm not actually looking at you. I mean, I'm not actually looking you in the eye. 
it's this bizarre thing that happens with technology. Now it's, a dis- it's a disconnect and it's very awkward, isn't it? Right? So yeah. now if you said to me, how many fingers am I holding up? I'm, you think I'm looking right at you, but I can't tell. Now I could tell, but you wouldn't ask me because you don't think I'm looking. Now you're holding two, right? Now I can't tell. So I wouldn't know unless I glance down, which makes people look shifty. The point is this emotional connection of us mm-hmm. looking at each other is not the intellectual connection of me knowing how many fingers you're holding up, the facts and figures. I know it's a simple, simple explanation, but that's how these things work. We don't stop and evaluate them. They are simple. Think about the brands you love and look at the way they market themselves and you'll understand that they do it in emotional ways. McDonald's said, I'm loving it. Subaru says, love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. What does love have to do with an automobile made of rubber and glass and metal and and leather and all of that. But the concept is you love the car or because of its safety features, it loves you, whatever. Even the fact that they use dogs in their branding because dogs evoke, I mean, I'm a dog person. They evoke so much emotion for so many people and the fact that they talk about how much they give back to charities. My friend's an owner of a Subaru dealership, so I'm very well versed in that brand. And it, it is a brand that makes you feel, you feel good about giving your $25,000 to You feel good about because... yourself for doing it. But remember, mm-hmm. the point of a car is to get you from point A to point B. That's the function. That's the intellectual. That's what the engine and the management systems and everything else does. They never talk about those things. I mean, I could change this whole conversation right now by taking my camera off and pointing at the ground and you would see Bailey, our Australian shepherd and Lucy, our collie, sleeping on the floor in my office. Cause you're a dog. See how your face just lit oh, up? Immediately I'm like, I want to see your um, dog. Let's talk about your dog. Let's emotional connect. connection has nothing to do with my ability to build your brand, but it has a lot to do with my ability to build a relationship. Tenuous, granted, because it's across technology, but still these things work. So point two is hearts, then minds. Point three, make it simple. Make it simple. Stand for one thing. Use two, three, four words. Again, think about the ads. I'm sorry, the products, the brands you love. Their taglines are three words, four words. They're no more than that uh, because nobody's going to pay attention. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, my God, my business is so complicated. We do so many different things. We, 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 we reach out to different audiences. We serve different countries. Doesn't matter. Make it simple. Volvo is probably in the most complicated business in the world, right? They, they, they make cars, they make trucks, they use leather, as I said earlier, and, and metal and, and leather and, and rubber and glass. They're in the, in the computer business. They're in the technology business. If you go into a dealership, you can buy or sell. So they're in the retail business. You can buy back old, they buy back old product. You can trade your old car. They'll even take cars they didn't make. They're in the finance business. They're in every country in the world. So they're in the international relations business. They're in the logistics business. And I could go on and on, but they sell themselves with one word, safety. Hmm. They don't tell you about all those other things. And the truth is, once again, cars are about getting you from point A to point B. They don't even talk about that. Make it simple. Point four, make it quick. No mm-hmm. one's going to hang around while you go into a diatribe about who you are and why you matter. 
Plus, they're not going to remember it. Make it quick. Point five, make it yours. What do you own that, that people can associate that good feeling with you? So, for example, you have been explaining to us what Engage does, who Engage is. You know the two things I remember from everything I've seen, everything I've heard, everything I've told you? Free forever. Free forever. That's a hell of a commitment because the word forever, once the first time you violate that, that's it. It's over. So I remember free forever. It's simple. It's quick. But more importantly, it's ownable. I've never heard that from anybody else. You own that. Are there other companies who do what you do, have software like you do? You would argue no. I would probably argue there are because I don't see them the same way you do. But there aren't other companies who do what you do that say free forever. That makes me feel good about myself. Damn, I'm smart. I'm using the company that's free forever. And let's face it, how many times do we buy something and then later on we have post-purchase dissidents because we made a mistake? But no, not in your case because you're free forever. That's point five. Make it yours. Point six is all five senses. This goes back to how things change all the time and how things never change because the technology we're using right now only, only engages two senses, your sense of sight and hearing, right? I can hear you and I can see you. But we as, as, as human beings, as a species, we make decisions based on all five of our senses, smell, taste, and touch. And if you believe in the sixth sense, fine, you can add that one as well. So the truth is then how do you add cues that let people feel, taste, touch, smell, see, and hear your product. You can do it, it's harder online, but you can do it by evoking things, you can do it by the words you use. I mean, I have musical instruments behind me. Instantly that made an emotional connection with you, but also you can hear it, it gives you a sense. You don't hear me playing, but it gives you a sense of something. Now. If I picked up a harmonica and I played for you, that would then give you that sense. But just seeing it makes some sort of, of connection. So what, need- what's what's interesting about that too, by the way, is obviously I think we all can agree that people gravitate towards people they feel are like-minded, people like themselves. That birds of a feather flock together mentality is 100% um, accurate. And Whenever I do have a guest, for instance, that has a very unique backdrop to their office that really showcases their personality, and I can think of three guests that we've had in in the course of this year who had very different backdrops, it says something about them. And I just think that this is like the perfect example. If you're watching, if you're watching, you can see what I'm speaking of, but if you're listening on the podcast, Bruce has all kinds of guitars and musical instruments and just a, a, a beautiful, almost artistic display of books. And there's just a lot of life happening behind Bruce in his office, which coming from someone who is super outgoing and, and talkative and creative, I immediately have an instant connection with Bruce the minute we're on the screen together, because as he just shared, there's this unsaid use of stuff that I can can't touch, but I feel like I can. Stuff that I can't hear right now, but I feel like I can. That's very, 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 very powerful. So I appreciate you saying that because I did it. But no, I appreciate you saying it because (laughs) people don't notice it. It's an intuitive sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. 
if, if I'm full screen, what you'll notice is, of course, my books are up there being displayed, but, but so are my interests. So there's musical instruments, there's car models of cars I collect, there's pictures of my children, there's books that matter to me, uh, because we get this, this single opportunity to make an impression, right? What do they say? You, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And I never understand why people use a green screen background or a blah background. And God forbid, you've been on Zoom calls where someone's closet door is open and you see like the dirty laundry or something. Huh. Luckily, you know, that has not yet happened to me, Bruce. Um, well, I feel like I'm winning since that has not I, happened. I do a lot of these and I could tell you some stories which I'm not going to share. But take a minute before you go on Zoom or before you go on any of these programs, if you're going to be on camera, turn on Zoom for yourself. Look at what people see. Actually move things around. When you said a very artful arrangement, <clears throat> pardon me, I actually spend time doing it. I mean, that surface behind me usually has stuff I'm working on on it, but I clear it off. Mm -hmm. It's no surprise that the two guitars there behind me happen to match in style and color and all of that. I'm not saying this to show off. I'm simply saying that these are the things that I spend time working on because these are those unspoken cues, those 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 um, subconscious, unconscious things that people use to make decisions. And I want people to think, wow, this guy's really interesting. He mm -hmm. has he thinks of things differently than I do. I wonder if he could help us solve this problem. And so I want to surround myself with things that tell people who I am. So point. And so thanks. For, thanks for noticing that. Yeah. Point six is all five senses. And then point seven is repeat. Repeat. Ah. Once you figure it out, you say it over and over and over and over again. Now, ironically, this does not give you license to be repetitive. You have to do it in a new, interesting way. Otherwise, people will stop paying attention. But BMW has been the ultimate driving machine since 1972. Their cars have changed drastically. But the values that they offer under that umbrella have not changed. And we know who they are and what they stand for and when it matters to us. Think about car brands for a minute and think about how they repeat their messaging. And it's not about them, it's about you. So Jeeps, one word for Jeep is rugged. You drive a Jeep because you want to appear rugged and I don't mean this in a sexist fashion, but manly in that sense of, you know, we can, we can deal with Adventure, anything. You can get out in nature. Like you can get mud on your tires. You can. Yeah, exactly. 80% of Jeeps sold never go off road, but the perception is they are rugged. Mercedes is status. Porsche is performance. Uh, Toyota is durability. Each brand has a defining message that is about the consumer. So the, the Jeep driver is rugged. The Mercedes driver is successful. The Porsche driver is performance oriented. The Toyota driver is reliable. Each one of these brands speaks to who we are and they say it over and over and over again. They just do it in new and dynamic ways. So we stay focused. Makes total sense. I just recently saw a new ad online for Burger King. And it and it was very clever to me because just like you said, they have had the their products 
their products in general have stayed the same, but of course they've they've changed as the world's changed, whatever, whatever. But their messaging has always been consistent. And they even are now carrying that over into the hiring process because we know a lot of restaurants and service industries now at post or co- you know during the COVID era are now struggling for workers. And so I saw this clever piece that was like, why, wait, it said something like, come work for a can't, yes, wait, hold on. Work for, oh shoot, now I'm forgetting. It was like, basically come work for a king. Why work for a clown? (laughs) Because we know that Ronald McDonald is obviously the brand ambassador for McDonald's and it had like a king crown kind of hanging on the king. Anyway, it was a very unique, simple, easy to remember play on words that literally left me the whole day thinking about that. And it just made the brand so appealing to me that if I was in the space to be looking for a job in that industry, I would 100% choose Burger King over McDonald's because, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say you brought up a fascinating comparison because if you think about it from function, both of those companies manufacture exactly the same thing. Yes, Burger King flame broils and McDonald's fries their burgers, but essentially they are the same, just like all those cars we described. They're all the same. It's a hamburger. It's it's a hamburger. It's lunch. McDonald's focuses 100% on families. That's Mm -hmm. their market. So they have the playgrounds out front and Ronald McDonald is their icon and Burger King says it disparagingly, a clown, but in fact, the clown is how McDonald's promotes themselves. And they have products for the mothers because mothers bring their kids, so they have the salads which it's a whole funny story because nobody eats them. It just assuages your guilt. So you can order the salad, then you can eat your kids' fries. But yeah, um, it's like, you know me, I don't even have kids, but that's exactly what I do. I get the salad and a side of nuggets. It's, it's, exactly. Sense. Burger King, their market is young men, 18 to late 20s. Yeah. And so that's why it's all about big and lots. And it's a bit obnoxious because let's face it, who's more obnoxious than an 18-year-old boy? I was one. I've had, I have one. <laughs> I know. Um, But so work for a king. Doesn't that talk to a 22 year old male? Absolutely. Because underneath, of course, and as I mentioned, by the way, Bruce, underneath it said we're hiring, you know, so it was truly a a campaign to try to, you know, get the uh, kind of jumpstart their their hiring, especially going into. It's also a campaign to to build their their brand, brand. Mm -hmm. which builds both hiring acquisition, but also customer acquisition. There, I believe it or not, my, uh, Burger King is a Miami company. I've done work with Burger King. Their marketing people are brilliant. They're very good, yeah. they know who they are and they don't try to be someone else. You know, they, they bring in new products. For example, now they have um, the, the Impossible Burgers for people who don't eat meat mm-hmm. because they understand that burgers are their business. Meat is not their business. And mm-hmm. they, can, mm-hmm. they can sell it in the same way. They really get it. And and you just gave a perfect example of how well they get it. And even the impossible burger from a branding standpoint, I think this is a cool thing to touch on because I noticed it right away. Their uh, font, their letters are big. I believe they're all capital letters. Mm -hmm. So even though we're talking, right, about something that someone may consider to be kind of foo-foo, it's vegan, it's fake meat, blah, blah, blah. Their branding, this I'm an impossible burger is big. It's we're here. It's we're bold. So even though their product is not exactly what someone would think of as big and bold and and manly or meaty, their branding, their logo, everything about that 
is the opposite of, of what we would think it is that I think it's swaying some people's minds. And it was kind of an easy choice for Burger King to, to bring them on board because they, it's not called the, you know, petite burger, right. With a, with a cursive font, you know? Um, so I do think, Hey, real quick. Um, Cause we actually don't have that much more time. So real quick, one thing I just you noticed, don't? I thought we were doing this all day. All day. I mean, I feel time. like I could talk to you all day. I just this ordered we might have to have you back again. Um, I want to, in just a minute, I'm going to recap in case you're just joining us, Bruce's seven really great steps to building a brand. Cause he really did put it into this great formula. So I'll recap that in a moment. But one thing you mentioned is some people think of a brand as a logo, right. Or as, um, you know, whatever you were saying, but I do think the logo and like those artistic choices do play into a brand. So we can't negate the fact that you do need to be smart about that and and really put a lot of thought into that as well. I mean, it's Remember, part of your- Remember, I, I mentioned to you that I went to school and got a design degree. I actually was trained in designing logos and I've designed lots of them. I wasn't diminishing any of that. Just like when I talk about, mm -hmm. it's not about the function of what you do, it's about how it's perceived. The right. function has to be great. If it's not, you're not in business. Your logo, your design, it's critical. Mm -hmm. My point is it has to serve a higher master, which is brand strategy. Think of all those things as ante in a, in a card game. You go to Vegas and you sit at a poker table. You have to ante up. If you don't ante up, they don't let you play. Mm. But just because you ante up doesn't mean you win. And so Correct. it's right. the same here. Your products and services have to be as good as they can be. Your logistics, your delivery, your logo, your website, all of your delivery messaging, delivery vehicles have to be as good as they can be. But just because they are doesn't mean you're going to be successful. If they're not, it means you're not going to be successful. But you then have to make sure they serve a higher master. You said earlier the reverse pyramid. Well, think of it as a pyramid. And at the top, the very top of the pyramid is Here's why we matter to you. Yeah. Now, here's how we do it in our store design. Here's how we do it in our ads. Here's what our logo looks like. Here's what our messaging. Here's what our uniforms, our return policy. Mm -hmm. Every interaction we have with a consumer, every touch point, what our packaging looks like, what happens when you unwrap the box. All of that is critical, but it has to serve a higher master. Otherwise, you're creating a bed of nails. I know I'm mixing my metaphors like crazy. No, this is great. I, I, we love Okay, by the way, we love sharing examples, analogies. You know, our show is all about in a really a continuing education platform in this digital marketing space specifically. So these are all great analogies, I think. And you're giving such good examples. And really this list, and I want to just go through it again. So seven really actionable things to creating the a good, not a good, a great brand is remembering it's all about them, right? Um, hearts, then minds, make it simple, make it quick. By the way, you went through that so quickly when you were going through it. See, that's perfect. the joke. Yeah, make I got the joke. Quick. You're like, make I it quick. Okay. Yeah, make it quick. Number five, um, make it yours. And then all about the five senses and then repeat, repeat, repeat. Again, another joke there. Repeat, repeat, repeat. See, it's three it. words. Yeah, because but it, it makes this is all very easy to remember. And I feel like this is a great checklist for anyone, whether you're a startup, whether you're in the middle of, you know, rebranding or you have really pivoted because of COVID and you have to change, right, to, to kind of keep up with the times. This is a great checklist for any any business to use to make sure that 
they're they're doing it right, creating a brand that is memorable and creating um, what you would call a successful brand. Hey, Bruce, I, there's one question I want to get to before we run out of time, and that is this idea of using passion and emotion, right, to connect, um, to make these connections with customers. Is this something that, you know, we can do and does this work for B2B and B2C? Do you see that there's some different ways we have to put that into play for either? I love that question because often when I was presenting to clients or later on in a conference or a, you know, in a, in a a, uh, big meeting convention, and I'd be presenting these ideas, somebody would raise their hand and they would always say, listen, I understand this all makes sense. What you're talking about in B2C because you're selling to consumers and consumers are emotionally minded. But I'm in a B2B business, business to business. And my buyers are, in fact, buyers. They're professional buyers. They're looking at numbers. They're looking at the intellectual quotient of what I'm providing. So I don't see how this works. And my answer is always the same. Whether you're in business to consumer, B2C, or business to business, B2B, it's all P2P, people to people. Mm. And you are always selling based on three words, know, like, and trust. People Mm -hmm. do business with people they know. They do business with people they like. They do business with people they trust. And therefore, this, this plea to make sure that your messaging is emotional and passionate is because you're talking to human beings. What's more, everybody answers to somebody else. So these as you put it, not you, Marissa, but the person you're dealing with, these non-emotional buyers, they still answer to somebody else, a supervisor, a manager, a boss. If you're the boss, you still answer to your partner or to your shareholders. If it's none of those things, you answer to your spouse. Everybody answers to someone else. Bob Dylan has a great song. You're going to have to serve somebody. You may be this, you may be that, you may be this. And he says, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Everybody answers to somebody else. And when they do, it's one thing to say, I made this great deal. I bought this piece of property at this price. But what are they saying? Look how smart I am. Aren't you lucky, Marissa, that you hired me to be your buyer because I did this? It's still an emotional sale. And we, we do ourselves a disservice if we remove the EQ, emotional quotient, and we mm-hmm. only focus on the IQ because mm-hmm. it works in B2B just like B2C. Makes so much sense. It's P to P, people to people. That's right. Absolutely. It makes so much sense. Well, Bruce, speaking of people to people, I would love to share with our audience how they can connect with you uh, after listening to this amazing show, whether it's the podcast, a show replay, or they're watching live. So if it's okay with you, I want to share your LinkedIn um, so our audience can connect with you there. Uh, Please connect with our guest, Bruce Turkle, and you can find him on LinkedIn. Uh, You can do the linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash B Turkle. So you can connect with him there. If you do connect with him, make sure to drop him a note. Again, P2P, people to people. Let him know that you saw him on the Engage show or heard him on our Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence podcast. 
And then you can also visit Bruce's website, which is super easy, www.bruceturkle.com. I'd love to share with our viewers, Bruce, what they can find on your website, but let's also at the same time talk about your three books, which I know are available all on Amazon. And I know your most recent one, is that all there is, is also available at Target. So let's talk a little bit about your books and and who's the audience for each book, or would you say that they should be read in a certain chronological order? How do we work your book collection? So building brand value, thank you for that. Building mm -hmm. brand value is very simple. It's simply these seven steps. It's little anecdotes, little tales about how to build a brand. These seven steps, and it's quite simple. It's, 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 e it's easy to get through. All About Them was really an in-depth look at what I thought was the most important of these. I think if you get All About Them right, the rest of it, you can make some mistakes. If you get all about them wrong, I don't care how good you do the rest of it. You're, you have a serious, serious uh, deficiency. So all about them is how you build a customer centric brand and a customer centric business. When I wrote it, when we posted it, put it up on Amazon, we listed it as a marketing book. And a couple of weeks later, it was number one in customer service. I hadn't even thought about that putting it in customer service, but that's how I've learned that people use it. The most recent book, Is That All There Is, is a real departure. It's about people who reach a point of success in their lives and then decide to pivot. Because what I found is it's the real all about them zeitgeist. Everybody we know wants to change their lives. We used to call it a midlife crisis, maybe. There was lots of different names for it. But the concept, everybody I talk to says, well, but how do I, I want to be more creative. I want more freedom. Look, you picked up and moved from one part of the country to the other. Why did you do that? How did you do that? What? So I interviewed about 45 people who had successfully pivoted. Some for good reasons. They sold businesses for lots of money. Some for bad reasons, disease, divorce, downsizing, all kinds of things. And use your word. Look for actionable, proven things that people can do to make their lives better. And that's what the book is all about. Now, I have to admit, I started writing it before COVID. I didn't realize, I'm not that smart, to know that there was going to be a, a global pandemic that would make us all want to change our lives. But it's turned out to be incredibly timely. It's also important that business owners realize that all of their employees are thinking about leaving right now and thinking mm. about what else could I be doing? And so we know that acquisition is critical, but retention is even more important. And so it's important for employers to read the book, to understand what their people are going through so they can understand what they need to do to provide an environment where people want to stay and want to work. I almost feel like in today's, you know, digital marketing, COVID kind of era where things are really changing and they're changing rapidly, a company's biggest, most important customer is their employee. I believe your internal audience is your number one customer. Exactly what you said. And for a number of reasons. Number one is because they provide the products and services that you mm -hmm. sell. But number two, they leave every day and tell the world about where they work. And then the people they tell, like I leave, I tell my spouse, I tell my kids, I tell my parents. Then when someone says, hey, how's Bruce doing? Oh, he works here and he's doing that. It's an immediate multiplier. 
And if they don't know what your brand is, and believe me, they don't, if they don't know what your brand is, what are they telling people? They're telling them what their perception was that day. And that perception tends to be how a supervisor or someone else treated them. The old saying, yeah. people don't leave jobs, they leave bosses. And if everyone Ooh, understands yeah. what values we work under, why we do what we do, it changes their stories. It also changes the way they're treated. That makes total sense. A hundred percent. Wonderful. And then I think, did we go through all three books? And then the other book, the the branding book, um, Building Brand Value. Did you already speak to that one? Did I just- I did, but I'm happy to speak about them again. But the no, point I is they're, you... all, they're okay. all on Amazon. Um, yeah. I'd love if you'd buy them. I'd love if you read them. I'd love if you'd post a review. I'm easy to find. Um, my website is just my name. You can send me an email from it. You can call me. My phone number is on it because I want to be accessible. I want to be helpful. I want to show people how they can do these things and make their lives better. Awesome. Well, I think you did. You gave us some amazing um, actionable takeaways. You even gave us this great checklist to use when it comes to making sure that we're doing everything right to help make our brand not just good, but great. I loved your examples and your analogies with the different car companies. And, and I think that uh, the biggest thing is branding doesn't have to be, and brand strategy doesn't have to be this obscure, magical thing where you, you think some people just magically hit the jackpot. You're sharing with us that it really is a formula and that, yes, we have to take some time, right, to make sure that we have the the goods, right? Make sure the goods are there, but then it really is a formula that we can follow to build not just a good, but a great brand. And if we, uh, if we can really nail down that formula, like so many of the companies you've worked with have, then we truly can have a very successful product now and into the future. So cool. I love it. Uh, Bruce, I want to thank you so much for sharing your valuable time with myself and our audience today. And uh, of course, everybody watching, listening to the replay, watching the replay, please connect with Bruce and thank him for sharing his actionable insights with us today. And Bruce, I want to wish you a wonderful holiday season and hope to see you back here one day in the future and hope when I'm in South Florida to catch you playing at one of the cool, uh, one of the cool bars that you uh, frequent with all of your amazing instruments. That would be great. I would love that. And thank you. You are a wonderful interviewer. I really appreciate you new you knew the material. You had great questions. You were open and exciting. And thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Loved having you, Bruce. And I hope you have an amazing weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Wow. An amazing guest. And I'm telling you guys, digital marketing is, is, my, is my niche, right? Brand strategy. I always thought it was kind of obscure and confusing, but Bruce really broke it down for us into seven easy steps, right? A great checklist to use. Um, and I'm really excited about that because it doesn't have to be scary, I think is my takeaway from today, right? If you have a formula, I want you to make sure you connect with Bruce on LinkedIn, check out his books. You can get them all on Amazon and please visit his website. If you're thinking maybe your company can use some help in, in this world of brand strategy, because Bruce is one of the leading brand strategists here in, in our in our country, in our world. And uh, as you share, as he shared, he's very open to connecting and to helping you. So please connect with him, Bruce Turkle on LinkedIn and BruceTurkle.com. Okay, very quickly before I let you all go and enjoy your weekend, let's talk about our Engage News of the Week. This week's News of the Week is all about TikTok. 
And Bruce, I see you in the waiting room, so don't go anywhere because I'll I'll connect with you before I go. Um, our engage marketing news of the week is all about TikTok because TikTok on September 28th just held their first ever business showcase event where it shared a range of new tools. We just talked about all these new tools available to us and options designed to help brands make the most of its platform while also painting a clearer picture on how TikTok will monetize its now billion plus audience and help creators earn money for their efforts. So if there's a time to really get your brand um, in line with your product and really get get you know get in front of the right customers and help connect with them, now is the time because if you're on TikTok and you're trying to build your brand and monetize, now TikTok is really blowing up in terms of all the tools they're giving you to showcase your brand. So TikTok clearly stated that e-commerce will be their main focus and they shared all these great tools. Now, some of these tools are new product links available to put in your video clips, new collection ads to include product cards, dynamic showcase ads, customized instant pages, new stickers to illustrate products in clips, gesture ads to reward users who engage. So this is kind of cool. If people engage with your with your products or your ads, they can actually now be rewarded. Also story selection ads to prompt more interaction in clips. For more information on these massive updates, I do want to share, you can visit www.socialmediatoday.com for more information on that really cool showcase that just happened with TikTok. Very cool. So much is changing. It's changing quickly. So if there's a time to really up your digital marketing game and your branding strategy, it's now. So thanks for joining our bi-weekly show. A quick reminder, if you have a show topic idea, or maybe you're watching the show and you do have a question for a guest that we've had on board, please go ahead and feel free to email me at marissa.m at engage.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn as well. The Marissa Morgan is how you can connect with me. And it's one R, two S's in Marissa. All right, you guys, I want to let you all off to enjoy your weekend, but remind you that our next show is Tuesday and that will be October 12th. 11 a.m. Eastern. Our guest is Colin Lepiscopo, and he'll be here for part four of four. He's joined us for a four-part series on how to increase your conversion rates by up to 200%. And we'll be doing part four, which is talking about landing page optimization. And he's going to do a live optimization and pick two different company websites and literally optimize their page live on the air. If you're interested in, in submitting your company for this free live optimization, you can go to our LinkedIn page and under any of the posts promoting Colin's show in the comment section, leave your company name and your website. And we'll be choosing two companies to do a live optimization next Tuesday, October 12th. So join us back here. And don't forget to follow our Engage page on LinkedIn. Look for the rainbow colored cog. That's where you can find show updates, show times. You can easily connect with our guests. And my last little nugget for you is check out our show library. You can find that at engage.com forward slash live dash show dash library. 
We're going to be adding Bruce's show to that live show library starting next Monday. And that's where you can find all of our past shows. And you can also connect with our guests there. Maybe you don't remember their last name. Maybe you wanted to hear a show replay. That's a great way to rewatch any shows, share shows with your colleagues, and also connect with any of our guests on LinkedIn. Awesome. Okay, you guys. Awesome show again. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your support. Don't forget to check out Engage.com. Our free forever platform is there for you to use, to grow, and to scale your business, and of course, to optimize your customer experience. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.